You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Are you kidding me? You are looking live. Winning cures everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in, Winning Cures Everything. It is the Sunday, November 14th edition of the show. College football recap reaction show for week 11. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. And, whoo boy, do we have some things to discuss. Ball Python Love is already in the chat, and we like to see it. We like to see it. Uh, man, we had some some whoppers yesterday. We had, we had some good stuff. Only four ranked teams lost. But it did feel like it was chaos throughout the sport, and and we're gonna break it all down. Let me go ahead and get the rundown out of the way so that we can we can discuss everything that we need to discuss. WinningCuresEverything.com is the website. Go and uh, check that out. Of course, it's uh, it's got everything you need to know about us. All of our shows, all the different shows that we that we appear on, as well as these. Um, and you can also subscribe to the YouTube channel if you have not already. Like the video for us. Share it out. Tell your friends. Jump into the chat. Brad's Crazy Life said he went 1-7 yesterday. Damn. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> I did not have a great day. On, on the Bet US show, I went 3-3-1. Three, three, and one. Um, So I'm still, like, above water as far as the season goes. But there are some of these teams that I cannot figure out to save my life. I got no idea. And, and I don't know why I continue to try and bet some of them. Right, like I, I bet on South Carolina yesterday, Chris. I mean, what the hell am I thinking? But at the same time, they just they just had their Super Bowl. Why would you bet? A, why would you bet on a team that's looked bad all year that just had the biggest win in their life? Because they have been able to run in basically every <laughs> game. You gotta, they, you just, you just have to, you have to stop with some of these number things and realize how emotions affect 18, 19, and twenty year olds. A lot. Hey, this when you just season. win your Super Bowl, what do you think they're doing that week? What do you think they did all last week after beating the hell out of Florida? Uh, probably partying, but here's here's now, the they, deal, got, they got they got balls deep up in some strange. My okay? thought my thought behind they that were practicing was, at all. They they needed to win this one to be able to get to a bowl game. They've got Auburn next week. They got Clemson after that. They're sitting on five wins. I thought I thought they'd be fired up, but 
Alas, uh, Missouri's defense actually held them to like less than 100 yards. It was ridiculous. Well, yeah, ridiculous. they're hungover. Yeah, yeah. It they happens. have no testosterone left in their body after the Florida week. <laughs> we had a lot to discuss. Uh, oh, by the way, Bet US College Football Show, I host it on Wednesdays and Thursdays. There's a link in the description. You can go, uh, go follow that YouTube page. Uh, Chris hosts the SBR College Football Show. I uh, believe, what, Mondays and Saturdays? Is that right? Yes, sir. All right. So knock those out. Of course, there's a link in the description for that as well. Uh, leave a nice five-star review on Apple Podcast. All that good stuff. We have got some games to break down. Uh, before we do that, the show is brought to you by BetUS, where the game begins. They are America's premier sports book. You can find them at BetUS.com. Uh, use the promo code NCAAF2021. It's going to get you 125% deposit bonus up to $2,500, and it is sports book exclusive. So you can bet on NFL, college football, college basketball, whatever you want to do. Go ahead and check all that junk out over at BetUS, where the game begins. Uh, only four ranked teams lost yesterday. Um, the Big 12, I initially thought with Oklahoma's loss would be out of the playoff picture because they had Oklahoma State down so low but I don't think so I don't think I don't I think Oklahoma State is their lone option because Oklahoma State has been kind of dominant here lately uh we'll talk about you know kind of each one of these things as we go through some of the standings are definitely weird uh Alabama by virtue of A&M losing could actually win the SEC West next week which and, is, and Auburn losing that helped yeah uh, yes Auburn losing and A&M losing means the Iron Bowl could be rendered moot for the SEC wait, uh, race, which I I have no idea how this even could possibly happen. We are we are sitting. Everybody is cannibalizing themselves, and uh, and yet it is entirely likely, entirely well, not likely, entirely possible that Alabama could lose both of the next two games against Arkansas and against Auburn. Um, Arkansas looked. Uh, I guess last night they uh, they held their poise a little bit in Baton Rouge. We'll talk about that one. But uh, again, every week, Chris, I bring up volatility and consistency, and we should have known that heading into November in a year of chaos, we were going to get some really weird results. You You kind of feel like we should have seen this coming. I mean, I don't know if we should have seen it coming. I mean, I didn't have a bad day yesterday, so I went three and two in my picks. Well, three, two, and one. I got to push, yeah. and then I uh, and then I won two of my four underdogs straight up. So, what were the uh, what were the two underdogs? Two underdogs were Baylor and Utah State. Very nice, very nice. Yeah, I remember you talking about those on the show the other day. That's right, that's right. Um, the Baylor thing does not surprise me all that much. I think the Kansas thing kind of surprised me. Baylor uh, and Utah State were both the exact same odds to yeah. win both plus 172 that's i thought that was strange that they were both the same odds so not great i guess the books thought they could both win i i don't understand how they have not caught up to utah state yet i they, don't know that I, team I'm, is eight and I, two blake andrew blake, what blake anderson was doing at but well, see you and i were close enough to to what he was doing at at arkansas state we got to see him closer than most of the people in the country because you know we're an hour and a half away from arkansas state yeah and and it, it's just one of those things where he just took the two best wide receivers that were big and super athletic and went to Utah State and said, I'm going to run this offense with these two big hombres, and nobody out here is going to be able to cover them. Yeah. 
Yeah. I need a quarterback that when he gets in trouble can just throw it to one of those guys and know that they're more athletic than anybody on the defense. They'll go get the football. Yes. Yes, you're right. Uh, Ghost Dog 50 jumps in. James Cook, beast mode, three touchdowns. Yes, yes. James Cook looked good. Uh, let's see. Garibay for Heisman. Uh, gas, gas, gassed Tennessee. Uh, Brad's crazy life. You're above water. I'm drowning. Yeah. <laughs> I can understand it, brother. We've all had those weeks. Don't worry. Don't worry. Um, yeah. No, I mean, I've had a terrible season picking games. Yesterday, I actually did good. So I'm uh, I'm not bad on the season. I actually had it pulled up here. I think I'm... So I was 37, 31, and uh, three against the number this year on my official plays. And and then I went three, three, and one yesterday. So whatever that means. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm still I'm still above water. I'm still doing all right. Let's, uh, let's hey, go so, ahead. So he talked about, somebody said Garibay for Heisman. Um, I looked this up last night because I thought 62 in college has to be the record, right? No, no. Some bastard in like... 1921 kicked a 69 yarder. I don't know what they were using for footballs back then. There's a hundred percent no doubt that that guy also played linebacker and was taking hair st- horse steroids. Like, like there's just well, there's just no doubt they inflated the ball with helium. Well, I don't know what else they did. <laughs> I don't know what else they did. But but you know that that's that's some bullshit. Let's uh let's go on and talk about these two right quick. Ryan McCracken said, "How did Sanford give up that many points to, to Florida?" <laughs> Normally, you would ask that the other way around. <laughs> um, Sanford's defense is really, really, really bad. They have been all year. They were three and five as an FCS team, so um, there was no reason why they should have ever been in the game against Florida. And yet, uh, Florida's defense is bad with or without uh, Todd Grantham. So well, they're not going to get better without Todd Grantham. I mean, it's not like they replaced Todd Grantham with a good defensive coordinator. If there was anybody on that defense that was any good at calling defenses, they wouldn't have been as bad as they were. Yes, exactly. So yeah, they. Uh, I thought it was impressive that they were able to get seventy points on the board, um, but yeah, I mean, at Sanford only scored fifty or what uh, uh, ten points in the second half. So. Nothing crazy. Uh, Ethan Broom said, "Do you guys think Georgia starting Stetson Bennett will hurt them at any point?" Uh, no, no I, I don't really think so. Stetson's been good; like he's been really he, good. Yeah, he's what been is he? fine. He's like third in the country in efficiency. Like he's and he can actually put a little touch on the ball deep. He's not he's not great, but they don't need him to be great. That's right. Um, and they've also got this whole situation shaping up where a couple of years ago. Alabama was able to go from Tua to Jalen in the SEC championship game. The year before that, they were able to go from Jalen to Tua. If you need somebody to come in and be able to sling the rock around, then you got it. They're not, but they're not. They're just not going to need that. I don't think they're going to need. It. They're not going to be in a game. He's been fine. He's been yeah. he's been better than fine. He's been really good. That team has a ton of talent around him, protecting him as well. He's okay. We don't. He's not going to be a problem. He, all yes. right? Stetson, I don't think he's going to be a problem. Last year, I don't think any, he was ready Any for this. team that can come close to scoring on them, their defense is so flawed that it won't matter. Yeah. All right? Yeah. And the only team I'm thinking of in that scenario is is Ohio State. I tend to because agree. Because nobody else has an offense that I think is anywhere close to good enough to, to, to give Georgia a threat right now. Ohio State does. And Ohio State's defense is hot garbage. Georgia won't punt that whole day. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Ghost Dog said Stetson Bennett uh, success based on the offensive line. 
Um, well, yeah. and, and some of those freakish skill players they've got around there. I mean, they've just they've got they've, they've got, got a four bunch and five stars on. They don't have a three star touching the field. That's why you're not worried. They're okay. He's he's not going to be in any trouble at all. And the defense, like they just gave up 17 points. That's the most points they've ever given up for the year. That's yes. yes. If he uh, can't get to 20 and win, then I don't know what we're talking about. DJ is at bottom three in accuracy. Dabo can't adjust the play calls, says Ryan wow. McCracken. Uh, I, so I didn't realize that until somebody tweeted me yesterday. He was like, is DJ the worst power five co- uh, like quarterback in, in the country? And I was like, no, surely not. Like, they're, they're, you know, there's a quarterback for Vanderbilt out there that I don't even know his name. It's got to be worse, right? DJ's pretty and then, bad. And then I saw DJ's numbers against UConn. Because I just saw they had a bunch of points and just assumed, all right, finally, the offense is looking good. Man, he was not good nope. at all, even against UConn. <laughs> he, I, I will tell you what happened to him, okay? Because last year he was perfectly fine, uh, had no real issues. You did not see a ton of a drop-off, uh, at least with the offense, last year against the, well, in the two them, in the two in the two games yeah, they played the loss to Notre Dame that they had last year was because they had so many guys out on defense that's bottom that's line right. when they got their defensive guys back you saw what happened in the ACC championship game um but DJ this year because the offensive line is so bad against Georgia he immediately you can watch quarterbacks do this they will actually degrade because if they if they don't trust their offensive line they get happy feet they start throwing the ball too early uh, they run with it too much. They, I mean, it's it's a disaster if you don't have a good offensive line, and that's their issue right now. Like, well, is, but do you, do you think some of that is is these teams now realize he's really not a threat? Like Part last year, Oklahoma, uh, you know, uh, when he came in against uh, Notre Dame, like Notre Dame treated him like. Uh, like they Trevor treat Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Like they're like, we've got to, you know, play back. We can't let him beat us kind of thing when really he was never a threat to beat you, but you didn't know that. And so the style of defense they played against him was, was, you know, basically the same as they would have played for Trevor, which allowed him to make more plays because they kind of played a little scared. And now there's not a defense in the country that's afraid of him. And so they just attack him and say, all right, so here's, but here's the thing. They don't have to attack him like very often at all. Like all, you have to bring pressure every now and then because there's already so much mental damage there that he's going to think that there's pressure coming on every play. So he's going to hurry every throw. Well, like, but here's the issue though. It's not just that he's not doing a very good job of, of seeing the pressure. He's not doing a very good job of adjusting to the pressure. So you don't have to bring it all the time, but when you bring it, he, he didn't know how to adjust the line to pick it up. He didn't know how to do any of that stuff. All of these things that high school quarterbacks are coming into college looking like Peyton Manning look. Now I'm not talking about as good as Peyton, but being able to read defenses because offenses in high school now look like offenses did in the pros years ago. Yes, it, It's all trickled down so much that that you have the ability to see these things at a much younger age he does not he he didn't learn it in high school Dabo and them aren't smart enough to teach it to him in college I he's he's never he's not going to get better at that by the way yes no you're 100 percent right 100 percent right uh jumping in on some of these comments before we hit our first game of course uh let's see ghost dog said Dabo fell in love with the camera and the microphone uh, Larry Pilgrim said, late to the party here. You are not late to the party. We hadn't even started the breakdowns yet. 
Um, <laughs> hey, that thing about Dabo in the camera, listen, that's exactly what happened to O, by the way. Yeah. Coach O became a rock star, and he enjoys being a rock star better than being a great coach. And he stopped doing all the things that made him a great coach, and he lost his job for it. Dabo, that is that is exactly what happened to O, and Dabo's doing the same thing. Dabo likes being a star. Hey, okay. you, you start doing from, these kind of seasons, you know, and, and oh I, yeah. Here's the here's the issue though. Clemson, they beat Wake next week. Uh yeah, all you need is Wake to lose to Boston College and and you're back in the ACC title. That's, but that's but like, that's not happening. I don't think it is either. That's but that's not happening. They I mean, might beat Wake, but I don't see that. Wake is there's no way on earth they're gonna hang with Wake scoring. There's just no, no. there's absolutely no way. In NC State at least had the the threat, Un, right? Unless unless Hartman gets hurt, unless Clemson takes him out of the game, that's their only choice. That's their only option. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. Larry said, "No timer in your head, knowing where your receivers are." DJ needs to be developed. Agreed. Uh, the thing that needs to be developed is the offensive line, and he needs an entire off season with a good offensive All, line. Hang on, like, all of this stems from the fact that Dabo is a product of hiring great OCs yes. and having a great DC that have carried his ass. He's lost all the good OCs, and now he's stuck with somebody that nobody wants as their head coach. And that's just who he is. And he's just got to figure out, am I going to fire this guy and hire another guy? Or can we get this thing together? But Dabo's supposed to be a guy to figure this thing out. The the worst thing that could happen for them is that they went out and end up in like a New Year's Six game or whatever, because then he will think that there's nothing wrong. Like, But why hang on out? Whoa, whoa, whoa. With their resume, you think they're deserving of a New Year's Six game? If they win the ACC championship... Then, they won't win. The, they like, need Wake Forest to lose two more games. They need yeah. to beat Wake, and they need Wake to lose again. Them winning out ain't getting it to them. They're not doing that, Gary. That's just I, not happening. I, I, I'm with you. I'm just – there is the option, right, because Wake plays at BC to close out the season, and Phil Dracovic is back, and he looked awesome yesterday. So – you never know what's going to happen in that game. It's going to be kind of tough anyway. Uh, Texas ran Charlie Strong out of town, and you lose to Kansas. Wow. Well, here's the deal. Charlie Strong lost to Kansas, too. So, uh, you know. He didn't lose in Austin, though. No, he did not. That has never happened. Are, We're going to talk about these. Let's uh, let's go ahead and jump into the first game on the board here. And Baylor, a 27-14 to winner over Oklahoma. Lincoln Riley, quit your bitching, man. Like, what are you? such a baby. <laughs> I swear to God, if 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 all the rumors are true, which I don't think there's an inkling of truth to them, by the way, if all the rumors are true and he ends up being the next LSU head coach, I'm going to be furious. I I could understand it. it I, and it's not because he's not a good coach. It's because I don't think he's a good person. I think this guy's a piece of trash. He It's just, it gets so frustrating listening to him complain like they don't get the benefit of the doubt all the all time. All the time. And what does it matter if you lose by 10 or by 13? Forget the code. The code it's, went out the door forever. He, and, he wants to talk about code when it benefits him or hurts him. He doesn't ever want to talk about it when it's him doing something shitty, not to a school, not to another opponent or another grown man coach across the field. No, but when he, the person in power, is doing it to a kid that has no power in the situation. That's my problem with Lincoln Riley. His hypocrisy knows no bound whatsoever, and I'm sick of it. Those that don't know what Chris is talking about, Chandler Morris, who is now starting for TCU because of Max Duggan's injury. Uh, Chandler Morris 
was a quarterback at Oklahoma, and he wanted to transfer to TCU, and Lincoln tried everything he could to block it until the media just absolutely crucified him. And then, obviously, he allowed it, the waiver to go through, whatever. That's the problem. 80% of Oklahoma's recruit that came in last year were all transfers. So he had no problem taking other kids' transfers, but you want to leave his program, oh, no, 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 no. And he will tell you the difference is, is, well, I didn't take kids from in-conference. That's because you took nothing but defensive players, and your conference doesn't play a whole hell of a lot of defense. True, true. 100%. 100%. You're a piece of crap. You're a hypocrite, and I don't I don't want it. Uh, Caleb Williams yesterday, 10 out of 19, 146 yards and two interceptions. They ended up pulling him for Spencer Rattler. And I think he got hurt in that game. I don't did he, like, did he get like hurt? He was, he was limping around after a couple of plays. I wondered, they never really said, did he bench him because they didn't think he was getting it done? And or they maybe just he just didn't have enough. Else? Yeah, he didn't have enough left. I, I think he needed to walk something off because it was a leg injury. He was limping a little bit. And I think they realized, okay, if his wheels aren't there, we need to let him sit for a minute. They threw Spencer in. Spencer almost threw a pick his very first play. And I just thought that would have been just the icing on the damn cake right there. That yeah. dumb bastard. <laughs> Spencer went four out of six for 36 yards. No touchdowns, uh, no picks. Uh, Caleb Williams, 10 rushes <laughs> for 17 yards and one touchdown. Uh, Baylor locked him up. 28 carries for 78 yards. Uh, for Oklahoma on the ground that you don't typically see that. Oklahoma only had 260 yards, and this is now three straight years that Dave Aranda's defense has been able to lock up Lincoln Riley, and I can't imagine what it's going to be like when Oklahoma gets into the SEC. Uh, Larry Pilgrim jumped in. He said, I was thinking about Riley leaving Oklahoma, and it made no sense. Then I thought, once Oklahoma gets to the SEC, who would you rather be the coach of? Uh, I would rather be at LSU. Well, yeah, yeah. no, I think, I think almost everybody – nationally agrees with that except for people kind of around the big 12 you know propaganda machine um lsu's basically made won three national championships made it to four with three different coaches over 20 years and two of those coaches are widely seen as incompetent it it's really hard to not think if you're a competent coach i can go win at lsu yes 100 percent uh Derek miller said he was throwing foolish interceptions uh spencer radler good arm no leader uh yeah, uh, Ball Python Love said, "Can I promote something?" Hey, jump in, promote whatever you want to promote, brother. It is all good. Uh, which by the way, uh, Ball Python Love is is starting a YouTube channel or has started a YouTube channel. Go and check him out. Good dude, good stuff over there. Uh, we we promote and uh and encourage anybody that is starting out in this crazy crazy sports media world. Uh, so go and check him out. Do do uh do him a favor. Uh, Baylor, 413 yards of total offense. They only had 117 yards passing. And what Oklahoma has been pretty good at this season was stopping the run. Well, Baylor had 296 yards on the ground. Jerry Bohannon, nine attempts for 107 yards. Uh, Smith had 20 attempts for 148 yards. They they were awesome. This was, this was a perfect game plan. Uh, Dave Aranda doing his thing on defense locking down Lincoln Riley's offense. They couldn't do anything. This is um, this is crazy. I mean, Derek Miller said it was a matter of time for Oklahoma to lose. They were flirting with defeat. And now they still have Iowa State, who is going to be fired up. Which, by the way, Iowa State, perfect example of a team that gets caught looking ahead. They are not talented enough to just walk over everybody or anybody that they play, right? Um, let's see. I don't know what has happened. Your mic completely cut out. 
I, I see this. It, it popped up on the thing. All right, you're back now. All right, so I'm good now. All right, so what I was what I was discussing, uh, Derek Miller said it was a matter of time for Oklahoma to lose. They were flirting with disaster. Okay, it just switched again. I don't know what the hell's happening. Hold on one second. Let me. You're, you're the IT guy. This, yeah, this I, is a good part of being the dummy I, of the show. This is do this whatever is the hell you want, and nobody can blame you because you're a moron. <laughs> All right, I think I'm. I think I'm good now. I think I think I'm okay. Microphone. All right. All right. And speaker. All right. Now we should be fine. It looks like it's still coming through. <laughs> Good Lord. Have you got me now? I can hear you perfectly. Okay. I don't know if everybody else can or not, but I can. We'll, we'll see. And, we'll I, see. and I don't know if they can hear us. Well, uh, I'm, I'm sure if everybody can jump into the chat and let us know if you can hear me, that would be wonderful. Sparta said cut out again. Larry Pilgrim said audio. Um, and Justin said the person that wants to make a pitch is sabotaging. Uh, Ball Python Love said I got Chris this Thursday live on my channel. Can't wait. All right. So uh, Neosaur L said we can. Okay, good, good, good. Let's dive back into this breakdown here um the so the discussion here was Oklahoma flirting with disaster and I thought because they had they had kind of turned the corner with Caleb Williams on offense they would be able to do something here um they they still have Iowa State and Oklahoma State left that's going to be a problem that's I mean they they are not good enough to to really be able to beat those states like they can beat them, but the other team will have to make mistakes. They I don't, can't beat I don't think up. they can beat Oklahoma State. I think that game's I think that game's at Oklahoma State. And I, I think Oklahoma State's going to be favored. I think they're going to be favored by like a touchdown. I think they're going to beat them up pretty bad too. Um Iowa State, what I was saying is Iowa State is the perfect example of a team that cannot afford to look ahead, and yet they've been caught doing it multiple times this year. Um they they are not talented enough to just beat teams. Like, without showing up 100% on that day. They just lost to Texas Tech yesterday. Should have seen it coming because they've got Oklahoma next week. Like, and and it would not surprise me. Uh, Larry Pilgrim said Oklahoma State can copy Baylor's game defensively. 100%, yes, they can. Uh, Also, also, this is going to be insane. Iowa State can do this defensively to Oklahoma. Yeah, I think Iowa State can. I I question Iowa State's. Well, see, here's the thing that what Iowa State does great on offense is run the football. So that that if you know if they can copy this game plan verbatim, I trust them to run the football more than I trust Brock Purdy. But you and me have been this way for the last three years with him. It, you trust him more than I do. He, he shows up in big games and he falls apart in big games. Um, they need him to not screw this thing up, not turn the ball over. It's uh, it's it's going to be insane next year. It's just insane. Uh, Derek Miller, I know this is a college network. Please, Pittsburgh Steelers, don't lose to the Detroit Lions. Great show, guys. Oh, oh well, oh, no, no big Ben uh, today. So <laughs> I hope I hope they lose. Listen, I, for the first time in a long time, somebody just lost their starting quarterback, and the line didn't move at yeah. all. Well, I say that it happened. The last time this happened was this year when Tua went down, and the line yeah. didn't move at all. Line didn't move. And that's the way it goes. There's Jim a John, quarterback play out there in the NFL right now. Yes, there is. Jim John said we can hear that is certainly good. Um, all right, so uh, so my question here was, uh, or my my only two notes were, uh, WTF is Oklahoma and Lincoln Riley bitching. Um, well, Oklahoma is <laughs> exactly what we thought they were. It's what at least I will tell you this: for all the tomfoolery that the committee did and all of the 
problems that I have with the committee. They got Oklahoma right, and they realized this is an undefeated team that we just know doesn't deserve to be undefeated. They they have scraped by beating bad teams, and they look bad doing it. Look at the miracle that it took to beat Texas, and now look at the shit team that Texas is. Yeah, Texas. We're we're going to talk about Texas in a minute. But you see what I'm saying? Like I, I know when you look about. when you look at their resume, they don't have a single good win on them. They got eight of them, nine of them, but they don't have a single good one on there. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, I yes, you're 100 percent right. I mean, there's not a good one. Uh, the the Nebraska win, like we know it was a tough win. Nebraska's played everybody tough, all that. But Nebraska also only has three wins on the season. So like, yeah. I mean, what are we talking about here? Uh, let's move to the next one and write down my time here. Ole Miss 29, Texas A&M 19. And I didn't see this one coming. Um, I I did not see it coming at all. Uh, Ole Miss, 504 yards of total offense on that A&M defense. And 247 passing yards, 257 rushing yards. And it was not Matt Corral running the football. Matt Corral had 10 rushing attempts for negative 5 yards. Okay, uh, Ely had 152 yards rushing. Parrish had 58 yards rushing. Uh, Snoop Connors, uh, Connor had 55 yards rushing. Um, I just, I, I did not, I, I don't know what to even make of this. Um, my note on this was, is the Ole Miss defense good? Like, I, I, didn't put, I didn't put down a ton of notes on these. I wanted to kind of just wing it as I go. Um, but I, I don't understand... Ole Miss. Like, I love what Kiffin is doing there, but this defense had been really bad, except they don't give up points. Like, that's... I cannot figure... Maybe there is something to a defense that just doesn't give up points. Like, it's the bend-but-don't-break mentality, and what DJ Durkin has done with that team is impressive. Now, I will say this. This is the first time in... Let's see. It was three years before this where they had a different defensive coordinator every season. And then they did not get an offseason with DJ Durkin last year, really. Right. Now, this year, they get their first continuous defensive coordinator. DJ Durkin was really, really good before he went to Maryland, right? He got the head coaching job because he was a really good defensive coordinator and a really good recruiter. And now he's a down at Ole Miss with Kiffin. He was good at Maryland. Yeah, no, he was, he was okay. They were never great on the defensive side of the ball at all. Look at like, the... Look at the talent that they had, Gary. I, you, I you only you only look at numbers and you stop thinking about the guys that are playing football. Look Those at what, dudes at Maryland trying to compete against Texas and Oklahoma or Ohio State and and, and and those those big offenses. Are you kidding me? Uh, agreed, agreed. I don't think DJ Durkin was a great head coach. I think he is a great defensive coordinator, and he's showing it again and again. Right? Like it's uh, typically the numbers that you put up between the 20s will equate to points typically. Uh, but they, week in and week out, they have been able to stop people from scoring once they get down there. And it was the same thing here. I, I Ole, just, Ole Miss's problem right now on offense, you asked, are they good? Yes, they're great. 
for what they are and what they have. You're talking about a team that only has two of their starting five offensive linemen. We always give everybody credit for injuries, but nobody seems to be giving Ole Miss credit for what they're doing with the injury problem. They don't have a single skill player starting right now that was a starter week one. Well, so so Drummond came back last night, and he okay. Drummond Drummond, yeah. Drummond did come back last yeah. night. That's right. Go going into last night, the last couple of weeks though, they've been doing it without a single skill player on offense starting, and with only two of their five starting offensive linemen. So, are there is their offense good? Yes, they're good. They've got one dude that's carrying them in a way that nobody else outside of one other guy, my Malik, um, is 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 doing it. That's yeah. it. It's it. It was really and, and uh, they're they're intentionally not running corral right now because of the ankle problems. Yeah, that is that is systematic. The reason it's negative ten rushing yards is because college football doesn't know it's, how to keep it's stats. The sacks. Yeah, uh, sack adjusted rushing. So their rushing yards were two hundred fifty seven. Sack adjusted was two sixty two. So, um, it, it's you look at what they did in the red zone. Four out of six. Um, it, Texas A&M, three out of three in the red zone. The issue is they only got into the red zone three times. Uh, the interceptions certainly hurt Texas A&M late because uh, I, I thought they had the momentum. I thought they were ready to roll in that fourth quarter, and they did not. They were not. Uh, I was impressed. Uh, Ole Miss went over three on fourth down, and there were a couple of spots. Uh, I know one specifically where Kiffin went for uh, – so he he did the field goal attempt, but it was a fake field goal. And did, were you watching this play? Yep. I'm going to talk about. Now, don't get me wrong. I like Ole Miss. I like I like Texas A&M. I'm not thrown off of either team by this, but the kid looking at the referee and getting pissed that he didn't get the first down, and the ref like asking him for the ball, and the kid taking the ball and doing it on the other side of him and dropping it in front of the referee really irked me. I was so irritated by that for some reason. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't I don't care. I don't know why. You're, you're, anyway. you're talking you're talking about a punter, okay, that's never touched the football before in his life outside of when he gets to punt the football or holding the snap. Right? That that kid doesn't know what the hell he's doing to begin with. Yeah. Let's 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 ignore that. Like him making the mistake to not lower his shoulder and try to get any forward progress because he was about inches away from getting it. Like that he's a punter. What, what yes. do you expect? The problem is, I love going for it. You know that. Like, I, I've said it before. The worst thing anybody could ever do is let me call offensive plays or put me at the third base coach at baseball. Because I'm sending them. I'm sending them every time I don't care the score. Well, this time I care about the score. They haven't really moved the ball a lot on you. They haven't scored on you at all. And if you kick the field goal, you make it an eight-point game, which means they have to score twice. They have to, A, get the touchdown, which you haven't given up a lot of, and then they have to get the two-point conversion, and that only ties you. Yes. There's no reason to go for it there. Just no reason at all mathematically to go for it there. I can't believe the analytics would tell you to do that. I just don't believe, and I'm the guy that wants to go for it, no matter what the numbers say. Yeah, I I, I think it, some of the stuff that he calls I don't get, but I also, I'm, I'm not an analytic guy, but I'm pretty damn good at math. I will tell and you, and I this. know that if I make you have to get into the end zone twice, that's got to be more important than than me scoring a touchdown and making you score a touchdown and a field goal later. Like I I just feel like get it to eight, and that's much safer. Yes, yes. I uh, I thought 
when I saw it, like when when he took out the kicking team, I thought, "Wow, this is impressive. This is yeah. uh, he's growing up a little bit." Like it's not. But I don't even Kiffin think that's not, growing up. I don't even think that's growing up. I think it was just I a think, smart football play. Yes, right? eight getting it to eight points is a major major deal. Now on the other side of this, going for it on these fourth downs shows his offense that he trusts them. And yep. they are yeah. willing to to run through a brick wall for him because they believe that he believes that they can get that first down every single time. I don't and think that that matters. I just don't. I, I just don't think it, it matters at all. Maybe it doesn't. Like, I know this. All those players want to go for it. They want to well, do yes. it. Well, so. yes. Yes, Matt Corral is a winner. Matt Corral is a warrior god, and Matt Corral wants the ball in his hands at all times. He's the best player in college football. It, that all makes sense, okay? But but that has nothing to do with Lane's trust in them. I, I think they all know that Lane trusts them anyway, so, I, you know, it is what it is. Isaiah Spiller, by the way, 15 carries for 41 yards. A-Chain uh, uh, had 12 carries for 110. I was a little it's, surprised it's, at that. It's only a matter of time before DJ Jerkin gets his defense going. Yeah. I mean, they, and, and I will say this, they got him going yesterday. Had him going yesterday. Uh, the yeah. two this, interceptions, this, I will tell way, you, I will tell you, this is, this is why Lane was number one on my list for wanting to be my coach at LSU. This is, this is why he's number one, this, by the way. This helps him. This helps him very much so. Uh, but I don't, I still don't think it matters because I think the president's going to be too involved in the thing and hit him on Lane. I can, I can, I mean, I get it. I get it. Uh, Derek Miller said, uh, I feel Cincinnati is next. SMU win was big. Cincinnati win that game. Uh, Cincinnati wins that game. They should be mentioned at least. Uh, and then Ghost Talk said Cincinnati might lose their coach. I don't even have the Cincinnati game down, but we'll, we'll hit. We shouldn't. Yeah. We'll hit a few things at the, at the end of the show. Uh, next game on the board here, which, uh, oh, and, and congrats to, uh, to Ole Miss because defense looked great. Got those two interceptions. It completely flipped the game in the, uh, in the fourth quarter. So, um, Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Kansas, 57. Texas, 56. Post-game win expectancy, Texas, 72%. Uh, names that I wrote down: quarterback Jalen Daniels, who was a backup for Kansas. Kind of awesome. 
because Jason Bean had been doing this thing and he was injured. Uh, but Jalen Daniels, 21 out of 30, 202 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, Kansas was 11 of 17 on third down, my friend. That Texas could not stop him. Unbelievable. Um, Lance Leipold, cheers to him because this Kansas program has been competent this year. They, they don't look like the complete disaster. There are games where they have not looked great, right? I get it. But when you are trying to rebuild the foundation of a program, you're going to have those every now and then. But in the I big agree. games against Oklahoma, against Texas, where you're wanting to make a name for yourself, they have done that in both games. They won one of them, they lost one of them, but they looked good in both, and they looked respectable, and they looked like there is something to build on at Kansas. And I love it. I love it. I, there's a there's a there's a team in the state of Texas looking for a coach right now, and if I was them, I'd give this guy a call. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's not just because of this game, by the way. How how they played against Oklahoma. Look at this roster. Look at how bad they are, and look talent wise, and look how well they play. How well they're coached. They don't make mistakes. They don't turn the ball over. They don't get get penalties. They don't do anything to beat themselves. They're just not good at football. Because they just don't have the dudes to do it. They're just nothing but one and two star guys that nobody else wanted. They're just complete rejects of the region. If he can do it with them, do you think he could do it with your three and four star guys from the city from the city of Dallas? So. I would think so. 100%. I do too. I do too. I but you you I mean, we love this guy at Buffalo. We thought he was an unbelievable coach. We I didn't think he could do what he's doing at Kansas because I just thought that was an unwinnable job. And I mean, he hasn't done anything great other than have a couple of good moral victories. But then this, a good this coach can, can win anywhere. This is huge. Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. The, uh, the biggest thing in this game was Texas lost four turnovers in the game. Kansas did not lose any, uh, Texas, 10 penalties for 97 yards, uh, Kansas four for 30, uh, those that watched in overtime know that the penalty for spinning the football when you scored a touchdown in overtime gave Kansas a 12-and-a-half-yard field to score their touchdown. And then Lance said, you know what? Uh, this defense right now for Texas is as soft as a, a wet paper towel. Like, I, we, we are going to go for two and get this win here. And Jared Casey, if you hadn't seen the video of Jared Casey's parents celebrating when he caught that two-point conversion. I love those videos. I love them. I loved it when Seth Small's family was, uh, when he kicked the field goal against Alabama. I love all of them. Show me all those with the parents celebrating and the girlfriends and everybody celebrating when their family member is the one that scores to win the ballgame. I love that shit. So, uh, Kansas, I'm. they didn't have as many yards as Texas. But you don't have to when you get four turnovers. Like you count yards or points. You certainly count points, my friend. You yeah. certainly count points. Um, it, there, but that's the reason why the postgame win expectancy for Texas was seventy-two percent, right? You cut out the turnovers, which are typically a fluke thing. Um, and I know me and you have discussed this ad nauseum about turnover. You can't take the turnovers out of the game, which completely understood. But the reason why those numbers are like that is because turnovers are a a partly a luck factor, right? And in this situation, the ball bounced the correct way for Kansas four times. It never bounced the right way for Texas. And Texas well, if you still constantly won. throw the ball to the other team, that's not luck. That's bad quarterback play. <laughs> if you constantly are dropping the football, 
That's not luck. That's not holding on to the football. Yes. Some guys just turn the ball over and some guys don't. That's not luck. It can be put into an algorithm. People just choose not to because it's hard to do. I don't want to put another data point in there because then it messes up my opinion of what I think of this team. Um, Either count all the data or none of the data. That's why I don't like you data guys. <laughs> you can't be trusted. <laughs> Bijan Robinson, 14 carries for 70 yards. Uh, didn't that, break 100 here. Um, that's amazing, by the way. Yes. That's the stat of the game. That's it. That's the list. If Bijan goes off, you can't stop this. Te- they're really hard to stop this Texas team. If you bottle him up, their offense goes to nothing. Yes. Yes. It's unbelievable. Xavier Worthy uh, did show out. Marcus Washington showed out as well. Xavier Worthy, uh, 14 receptions, 152 yards, three touchdowns. Marcus Washington, five receptions, two touchdowns, 100 yards. Um, Yeah, Casey Thompson was 30 out of 43, 358 yards, six touchdowns, and one pick. They did have Hudson Card in there for a little bit, three out of five, 52 yards, one touchdown, one pick. He threw the ball five times and had a touchdown and a pick in there. Like, I just... It blows my mind. Um, so, Jalen Daniels was really good throwing the football. I already brought his numbers up, but he also ran the ball 11 times for 45 yards. Devin Neal for the Jayhawks. 24 carries, 143 yards, three touchdowns. Like, this Texas defense is... So, they brought in uh, uh, Pete, and I forget the guy's last name, the guy from Washington that was supposedly the mastermind behind like those Washington defenses under Chris Peterson, right? Jimmy Lake was never the the mastermind on defense. He was the guy that was able to go and get players. Like he was supposed to be the culture guy, the guy that really was doing things, which obviously we've seen that has failed miserably at Washington. Um but they brought him in and I thought, okay, well at least now they've got like an adult in the room on defense. And the culture issue at Texas and we've seen this at other programs before I'm not I'm not ready to write Sark off because it does take a little bit of time when you have had a a crap culture instilled at a program for a long long time you got to take it an L like this one to be able to get the the funk out right so it is entirely possible that they come out and look incredibly better next year or the year after that whatever I I am curious. Like, I, I don't want... Texas is not down forever. It's not whatever. They will they will find a way to bounce back at some point. It won't be this season. They ain't going to a bowl game this year. They are now four and six. There ain't no way they are winning their last two ball games. Uh, which, by the way, I'm looking up right now. They've got uh, at West Virginia, and they got Kansas State. I think they probably lose both of them. This is, this Ooh. team is bare. Like, they're bad. So... Woo! Woo! Man, they lose them both. Uh, yeah, think about it. Like, hey, so let me ask you this question. This is an honest question, okay? Look at Sark's last couple of jobs outside of Alabama, okay? Okay. What Are about you, him says he has? he's a good culture builder? Uh, there's nothing. There's nothing okay. that says that. So you just so 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 why do you think he's going to be capable of putting together a good culture and be a good? Oh, I, I never said that he would be capable of doing that. I'm saying but that. He has, Sometimes, uh, I'm not saying that they are down forever. I'm saying that sometimes when you are trying to reestablish a culture, or not reestablish, but when you're trying to establish a culture, uh, it does take losses like this. It does take just a season of crap to be able to. But he's never established a positive culture anywhere he's been. I think what he did foundationally at Washington was okay. 
like he recruited I, really well. He and then he was there for three years. That you think he established a foundation in three years? Well, he took over for uh, Ty Willingham, who was like zero and twelve before Sark went in there. Okay. So like, okay, he he had to clear out the funk there as well, and eventually was getting them to bowl games every year, or whatever. And it was good enough to get him the, the USC job, which I understand there was the connection there. I get that, but uh, they wouldn't have hired him at USC if he okay. wasn't, you know, if he didn't show promise. Um, That's fine. I just. I don't okay, think he's ever had to prove that he could really establish a culture, and he's going to have to prove it here. Like, he's going to have to show it, and I don't know. Uh, Larry said Sark couldn't pull it off at USC. Texas and USC are the exact same culture. I agree. Yeah. Um, it, it, agree. Does, it does make you wonder. You hate to, to revisit the past and what Sark was fired for at USC. I just, I just um, also don't think he's a great offensive mind. When he has unbelievably elite talent, he seems to be a great play caller. Well, any dumbass can call plays at Alabama. Okay, agreed. agreed. But all I, of I, the rest of the times, I don't think his offenses were anything to write home about, I, or I else they think, would have overlooked his problems. I don't think offense is the problem at Texas right now. Like I, there, there's obviously some things that they could clean up, but it. I mean, they, well, offense was a problem Saturday night. I know they scored fifty, but like turnover, turning over the ball and. and Putting your team in harm's way all yeah, the, the time. The fundamentals. That's a problem. The fundamentals are a problem. Uh, <laughs> Ryan said losing to Kansas would drive anyone to drink. Yeah. Uh, Derek Miller said, I just knew he was going for two. He had nothing to lose and everything in the game. Texas is terrible. Um, and then finally, this one. Uh, oh, Derek Miller said they have completely tuned him out. Uh, the players can't trust uh, Texas's coach. Yeah, that's you're right. Uh, Nate jumps in, and this will be... Here, we'll, we'll start this off for uh, for the next game here. Um, college game day at Ohio State. Seen this too many times. Snooze, said Nate Becerra. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little irritated about that. The, the Big Ten stuff, like, we talked about this on Friday's show. We wanted UTSA or Montana. Um, UAB got the win. UTSA got the win. That looks like a really good matchup. Like, UAB went yep. on the road and beat Marshall. Uh, seemed like that would be a good time to spotlight a G5 team that is really on the come up. I mean, they're 10 and 0 right now. ESPN just doesn't want to do that. They've they they want to only broadcast the halves. They want to show the world and I think they made it clear on game day. They made it perfectly clear on game day this week. Enough people who are important and have opinions about how college football is ran openly said if you're not in the power five which is complete and utter horse shit because the pac-12 the acc and the big 12 are all complete trash programs right now but for conferences from top to bottom but if you're not in the power five you don't belong they openly said that and not just one person said it it came from three or four different people who most of the people everybody in that committee room trust and listens to and agrees with so that, so why would they do anything other than that? Why would they do anything other than support the propaganda that they're putting out? Well, that's the that's the whole reason why I said it on Friday, right? And and we both didn't like it, um, but that was the most likely option was Michigan State and Ohio State, so long as both of them won, and they did. And now you've got a top uh, you, seven. You look at you look at strength of schedule. And Cincinnati's strength of schedule, oh, well, they've got one win over, over you know, Notre Dame. No, no. If they beat you, uh, uh, SMU, that'll be better than almost any win anybody in the Pac-12 is going to have outside of Oregon going to, to, to uh, uh, Ohio State. That's it. The rest of Oregon's schedule is complete and utter dog shit. 
Let's see. Right. So here's here's one of the main numbers, or one of the, not main, but one of the numbers that they bring up here is uh, the strength of schedule in ESPN's FPI. Cincinnati is number 101. Uh, but Ohio State is number 63, so like... No, 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 no. Oh, stop. They make the they make the FBI. This yes. is the problem. Everyone says, well, they don't have any top 25 wins. But you make the top 25. You you overload it with bullshit teams that don't deserve to be there, so it, so it affects the end result. This is numbers, people manipulating numbers to get what they want, to make them give you the answer that they want. Yes. There's not a yes. single team that has a strength of schedule in the ACC. You talk about talk about Power Five. This is what what I'm going to address. There's not a single team in the ACC that I would strength of schedule harder than Cincinnati's. An entire Power Five conference, zero teams will have a strength of schedule stronger than Cincinnati's. Zero. Um, and if you give me numbers that say their schedule is harder, you're lying, and you're looking at numbers that are manipulated by the people that want to keep the G5 down. I'm I'm gonna read you uh, the FPI top ten right quick, just just very quickly. Georgia number one, Alabama number two, Ohio State three, Michigan four, Oklahoma five, Pittsburgh six, Notre Dame seven, Iowa State eight, Wisconsin nine, Clemson ten, and then Cincinnati eleven and Ohio or Oklahoma State twelve. I mean that's. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you got to see. I don't like, know. I don't know what name name a good game. Hang on, Oklahoma's in there, right? You said Oklahoma. Oklahoma at five. What out until they played Baylor? What good team have they played? They haven't. Look at their resume. Tell me a good team, not a great team, not an elite team, not a top ten team. Tell me a good team, a top twenty five team that they've played, a legit team that deserves to be in the top twenty five. That's a bullshit made up number. They uh, okay. They are their strength of schedule is number seventy one. Uh, their strength of record, which is uh, what the average team would be able to do against that, uh, they are number twelve in that regard. Um, Pittsburgh number seventy six strength of schedule, number twenty one strength of record. Um, Cincinnati's strength of schedule is one hundred one. Their strength of record, like what they were able to do against that schedule, is number five. So Cincinnati should be a top five team. I, I just I just don't understand it. I just I don't, don't. I, I, I know that we I know that we all think Alabama's the best team in the country or the second best team in the country. I know that people think that because they're Alabama and they put up big numbers, they put up big points. If you look at their resume, that's a team doesn't have a good win on the entire season. Not not one good win on the entire season. They've played two super close games. Super close games against trash ass teams, and it took getting every call in the book for them to win the game. The SEC officials had to prop up the brand to protect them. It took that, and we're going to all say they're the second best team in the country. Why? Because we know it. Why? Because well, the people in Vegas says that they would be a fourteen point. I'm tired of listening to the people in Vegas. You know what? They're wrong all the time. Yeah, uh, I think the Ole Miss win is is looking a little more impressive. Uh, you do? Lately. You think that? Oh, you, what, about the, what about the A&M loss then? Because that's a three-loss oh, yeah. team that lost to Mississippi, that lost to Mississippi State, and that lost to Arkansas. Yeah. Yes. I, but that that's all I'm saying is that – Not they, a good win on the season. Not a list. Not a one. But they're the number two team in the country. Why? Because Vegas says they'd be 14 points ahead of everybody else and because we've seen them do it for the last 20 years. And so this is why. I love it. Bob Python love – 
uh, jumps in and said, tell everyone Chris. And Ryan McCracken said, Chris wants Miami back in the top 25. <laughs> and then Derek Miller said, preach, Chris. I love it. I love it. Um, all right, so so let's, let's dive into uh, another Big Ten game right quick. Uh, this one was interesting. Yesterday morning, Michigan 21, Penn State 17. And, uh, you know, you start looking at some of these numbers – uh, this was about as evenly played as you can get. This was a fantastic football game. And I'm going to tell you, I was worried. I- I'm not a Michigan fan, but I was worried for Harbaugh because they it felt like they had control of this game. Penn State missed the field goal, and Michigan had multiple opportunities. They were up 14-6. to They had two drives that they, they could have done something with. Uh, they moved it to about midfield, and had to punt the ball back to Penn State. Uh, Penn State drove eight plays, 30 yards, didn't score any points off of it, and then held Michigan to a three and out. And then Michigan gave up a 15-play, 53-yard drive for a touchdown, and Penn State got the two-point conversion. And on the next drive, three plays, negative nine yards, and they fumbled the ball back to Penn State. Penn State was able to kick a field goal with under six minutes left in the ballgame. And I watched this and I thought, is there anything on earth that is more predictable than Michigan fumbling or or throwing an interception in a tight ball game late in the fourth quarter? And I thought, eh, the only other thing would be, um, who God, who am I thinking? Uh, oh, Adrian Martinez. That would make sense. But same thing here because Michigan does this time and time again. They give up that field goal, and Michigan goes six plays, 75 yards in two minutes and 26 seconds to score a touchdown, and I couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it. Like, they, they, so Penn State went forward on fourth down on the next drive. Michigan ran out the clock. Eight plays, 23 yards, two minutes and 51 seconds. Went into victory formation. Fabulous. Michigan closed out this game. They found a clutch gene, and now... I am, I am so psyched about what is to come for Michigan. They've got Maryland this week on the road, but then you got the matchup against Ohio State. That looks a lot more fun right now. Um, give me, give me your thoughts here. I love this. Thought it was a great game. Um, if we want to take turnovers out of all the numbers, Michigan's dominated every game on the schedule because yep. they beat Michigan State if it wasn't for two fumbles in the red zone. Yes. This is why you can't take turnovers out of things. But neither here nor there. That. Neither all the numbers guys want to say that, then we should have Michigan in the top four because they the numbers say they should be undefeated. And the numbers say that that if without these turnovers, they they are the better team in every game they've played, and it's not close. I mean, so, that's that's why the committee ranked them ahead of Michigan State last week. <laughs> but I thought they played a great game. I thought this game went exactly the way I thought. I thought I thought it was going to be very hard to come by points. I thought it was going to be very hard to come by first downs, and it was. Um, these teams played a kind of, you know, they had drives that they could go on that that they did well. But for the majority of the game, this game was played between the 40s and and not a lot happened. Um, good defense, really good defense. The offenses fought like hell. And in and Michigan, who I thought was the better team coming in, is the better team. And they won the football game. And I thought that was a big deal. Yes, yes. Uh, I think teams. if Michigan wins next week, you're talking about a 10-win season for Harbaugh. 
at Penn That's State, an unbelievable year, by the way. Yes, a hundred percent. Now, Derek Miller does jump in. Said Michigan tradition: you have to beat, you must beat Ohio State. Nothing else really matters. Uh, tradition that's, of Michigan that's football. Just- that's um, just insane. Well, that's, but that's just, that's that's just the, somebody who's insane. But that's the point that they've gotten to, right? They have not beaten Ohio State under Harbaugh. That is the next step, right? They've they've done this before. They've won 10 games. Yeah, but nobody but, else in the Big Ten has beaten them either. True. true. Like, at what point? Like, it would be different if they were losing games to Penn State or losing games to Wisconsin or Iowa. Like, if, if they were oh. losing games to Michigan State, if they were losing other, like, two or three games a year in conference, but you can't beat them, then they would be having a different conversation. But the fact that they don't lose games all season almost every year, the fact that you can't beat them makes you just like everybody else in the fucking country. Well, but here's here's the deal. They have lost to all of those teams that you Iowa, Purdue, uh, Michigan State, like they have lost to those teams before. And and Michigan has not beaten them in what, a decade? I mean, longer? I mean, it's it's absurd. So it's it hadn't been a decade. It was whenever Fickle was the uh the interim coach. That was the last time they won there. But Harbaugh has never beat them and that's what everybody gets frustrated about, right? Like I'm I'm with you. I I agree that you don't have to beat Ohio State to have a successful season. But if he wins 10 games, it's an unbelievable not not a great it's unbelievable. Yes. They had uh, a losing record last year. This is an unbelievable turnaround. Yes. Uh Penn State, talking about them for just a second before we move to uh to some more games here. Uh cuz we'll have to start going quickly. Um Penn State played like they knew that they had to have this. They are now six and four on the season. They're three and four in the conference. Um, they went four out of six on fourth down. Like they they played and knew that they had to find a way to win this ball game, and they did almost everything that they possibly could, and could not get it done in the end. Now Penn State uh, sitting at six and four. This team has Rutgers and at Michigan State left. More than likely, you're going to beat Rutgers and lose to Michigan State. That's that's my guess. They play at Michigan State on the last Saturday of the season. Um, you go seven and five. Like, no, Penn State was not good last year, but is that a good enough turnaround? Like, people are just fawning all over James Franklin, and you and I, I talked know about why. this. Like, I've told seven you before. He was a big name for the LSU job before this collapse, and I told you when he was hot shit. I, I didn't. I don't know why. I've never understood why his name always comes up as this god of football. I don't. I, I'm not saying he's a bad coach. I'm not saying that he's a bad coach at all. He's a really good coach. I don't know why people always think he should be the guy to get the biggest job in the country, though. I I tend to agree. I tend to agree. I think it's because everybody feels like he's attainable, right? Like that's that's man, the only that's reason. not what you want. Like Jesus Christ! Right. I mean, it's literally like the only reason my wife married me is because like I was gettable. Because <laughs> I could, were good. like she lowered her standards and said, "I'll take oh, that." Oh God! Uh, Nate, this is like this is not this is not that's not a trophy. Yeah. All right. No, Derek jumped in. He said, "My son played at Michigan. That's all that matters to these kids: Ohio State and Michigan, red and go blue." I, I, I'm going to bet the week of that game, that's probably true. 
Yeah. I'm going to bet all of that's really true. And I'm going to bet the week after that game when they lose, I bet that's a huge, huge deal. And it really upsets them when they don't win. I'm going to bet all of those things are true. I'm also going to bet that when the season is over, if they finish with 10 wins, they go to a big time bowl game and they win that game. I'm going to bet that's an amazing season that they're going to look back on fondly of. Tradition. I will say this. They do have it all over the locker room about, about beating the team from Ohio. Like they, it, it is, it is 365. Like it's 24 seven. Like they are always thinking about Ohio state. Um, but it, that doesn't mean that it is a, uh, an unsuccessful year if they don't beat Ohio state. I'll just say that. Like, I, I think that they can have a successful season without getting that win because Ohio State is on a different level. They just You think we do this show and we don't know the tradition? You think we haven't watched college football for almost 40 years? Because we, we disagree with the fact that one team, what you did 20 years ago was important, and those schools were really close to one another. One school has done this, and the other school has stayed where they are. Okay? So if your mountain, if your rival just happens to be one of the three juggernauts in college football over the last decade, that sucks. That yeah. sucks. And so you have to reconfigure your priorities. You have to refactor in and figure out what you're going to deem as successful or not. Not I, that you can't beat them, not that you can't ever compete with them, but there are only going to be few years where you're actually going to be able to do that because at some point in time, I don't, the tradition doesn't matter. The years don't matter. At some point in time, dudes that step on the field and go up against one another is all that's going to matter. And if you don't have the dudes and they have all of the dudes, if they're better at you at every position in the game, when you play the game, that's what's going to matter. And all of the tradition in the world, all the want to in the world, isn't going to help you. So you have to reconfigure what happiness is, what success is. Yes. Uh, the thing that completely switched this rivalry, by the way, and, and switched the Big Ten was bringing in Urban Meyer, bringing in an SEC mindset to Big Ten recruiting. Harbaugh is still at heart a Michigan guy. He has always been a Big Ten guy. There are unwritten rules that, you know, I, well, there are ACT scores that matter. Well, that's that's, that's, that's what matters. Hey, Brown Yeti. I mean, said, that's Brown Brown Yeti said I would argue Alabama and Auburn are very similar, and Auburn has won, and Michigan has not. Uh, they're not. They're not similar. But this is this Auburn is where has, that argument goes yeah. away. Auburn is doing the exact same thing. Out. Every kid at Auburn could absolutely get in at Alabama, and every kid at Alabama could absolutely get in at Auburn. I'm going to. I have no dog in this fight. I don't care about the academics of these schools, but I know about them. I 100 percent am going to tell you that very few of the kids at Ohio State playing football right now would be accepted and get in at Michigan. Uh, Derek said that's, that's what teams allow and what teams don't. Uh, Derek said, Chris, that's why they went out and got Jim Harbaugh was to beat Ohio State. He's not magic unless you're going to lower your standards at Michigan, which the school university has made clear they're not going to do. Jim Harbaugh's not magic. He's not a wizard. He can't do it. We, we have talked about that on the show for a Not long, that he can't ever do it. I'm just, that's not what I'm saying, that he will never be able to do it. But year in and year out, letting that be a contested rivalry, at some point in time, one team is recruiting up here and the other one is not. And it's not because they can't get guys. It's because the dudes going to Ohio State aren't ever going to be able to get into school at Michigan. 
I can only imagine what the comments are going to be when we when we clip this. <laughs> I'm sure all the Ohio State fans are going to really love that. That's fine. I don't I, really care. My, I don't my like concern them. is the Michigan fans. Uh, well, so. they need to live in a different real. I didn't make the rules. Okay, <laughs> dumb down your ACT scores and let all these dumb dumbs in, and we can play football. All right, I was a dumb dumb. I was a moron, and I played football. Oh God! My, a, my school LSU. I will use them as an example. In okay. 2019, when they were the greatest team that ever touched foot on college football, most of those kids wouldn't have gotten into Michigan. They just wouldn't have. That's true. That's true. Um, Derek said, "Trust me, Chris. That's all that matters. You win, Chris." <laughs> um. All right. Let's move to the SEC right quick. This was an interesting game yesterday. Mississippi State 43, Auburn 34. At one point in this game, Auburn led 28-3. to And then at another point in this game, Mississippi State led 43-28. to um, You and I were both wrong on this. I felt really right about it early. And well, yeah. this thing flipped on a dime very quickly. And as soon as Leach figured out something, and I, was, I did not watch it close enough... I'm going to have to go back and watch it today and, and at some point tomorrow to figure out what the hell they found in that Auburn defense. Auburn could not stop them at all. I The the fake that Auburn did in the fourth quarter when they were down 30-whatever-it-was to 28. I think it was 35-28, 36-28 or whatever. They were down by eight, I think. At that point, they trotted out the punter and rather than just, if you're going to go for it and you know that your defense can't stop them, wouldn't you rather have your offense on the field? Like, I, I they, don't... I, they ran they ran the exact same fake punt LSU ran last week. They saw LSU do it. This is what, this is what, look, my boy, my boy at winning uh, Indiana football, OC, I asked him, how, how do you guys draw plays? So he says that we all, all we do is steal. Is steal from everybody else. That's all they did. They saw LSU do this really creative thing, and they just thought, oh, we're just going to do that. We saw it last week. We'll try it this week. That was that was the most uncreative thing. Every team saw it last year, last week, and, and every team saw, oh, if they come at you, stop that guy, but also don't let him throw the football because he's going to do the jump pass. They did exactly that, and this kid almost just picked it off. Like, Yeah, and because it's, he's it's pretty it easy too. to stop now that you know that it's a thing. Yes, the only way to do it is to surprise them. And when you are down in the fourth quarter and your defense can't stop them, you have to be expecting the fake. That's why it worked so well in the first quarter last week, but not in the fourth quarter this week because they are almost expecting a fake at that point. Like, you know it is a possibility because why in the hell would you punt the ball back? That, like, they're going to score from anywhere on the field. Why give them the opportunity? Just try out Bo Nix and try something else. Like I, I, I don't, I don't uh, think Brian Harson has been out coached in an entire game this year. This game, he got out coached. Oh, he was majorly out coached. Uh, this, this is this is this right. is the first oh. L on him. I don't think there was anything he could have done against A and M to win that game. I think A and M was better than them across the A M's defense bottled up that offense, and they just said you're not scoring, and they didn't score. And that and there's, I don't think there was any coach in the country that was going to help them score. I think. A&M's defense showed up that day and nobody was getting in the end zone. Yeah. This is not that. This was this is Brian Brian's first L. Uh Bo Nix ran the ball two times for negative 3 yards. That is a bit of a concern. 
Obviously. But that's the game, right? We, we've, game. we've we've talked about that a hundred times. If you let Bo Nix loose, you're it's really hard to beat them. I don't think you're going to beat them. If you bottle him up, they can't beat you. What I'm shocked about is the fact that they did not even try to run Bo Nix. Like that has been a, a big part of their offense, and they they didn't do anything with it. Uh, Tank Bigsby, 16 carries, 41 yards. Uh, Johnson had one carry for 57 yards uh, and a touchdown. Tank had two touchdowns, by the way. Uh, Jacquez Hunter had four carries for 12 yards. They couldn't really get it done on the ground. Bo had success, especially early. He was 27 out of 41, 377 yards, two touchdowns. But Will Rogers, my friend, when he got cooking, God 44 out of 55 passing for 415 yards and six touchdowns, and they did it on the plains. Just unbelievable what they did. They outscored them 33-6 to six in the second half. Lane Kiffin said it best. That's the best offensive mind in college football. Yes. Like, I, I swear to God, uh, who God, who is the USC It drives me insane. Um, drives me insane because I've been saying it for a decade, and people called me ridiculous. Lane comes out and says it, and everybody believes him. Hold on. Uh, what's the – Matt Leinart. Matt Leinart, the quarterback from USC that's on the, the Fox – whatever thing. Um, he came out last night during the Ole Miss game and said, hey, uh, looks like like it's likely Ole Miss is going to go 10-2. and two. What a year for Kiffin and Oxford or whatever. And I retweeted it and I said, let's pump the brakes on just chalking up W's. You always tell me this, and I am just as guilty of it as anybody else on this planet because I look at schedules and I'm like, oh, yeah, they're going to beat so-and-so and so-and-so. And da, 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 da. But hey, you still got to go too Starkville on Thanksgiving. That's going to be an amazing. This might be the greatest egg bowl we've seen in a long time. You're probably right. Last year was pretty I'm going to tell you this. But. The nation better watch. This better be the number one rated football game in the country. It just – everybody is sitting at home. You're going to be in your meat coma. You, you get a damn TV on. Don't worry about the NFL game. This is going to be the game you're going to want to watch. Uh, out of 44 completions for Rodgers, by the way, they had 10 different guys catch passes. Uh, and Doesn't none of matter. Them, none of this them. is Mike Leach's offense. Oh, that's what I'm saying. None of them got to 100 yards. One, one time, one time in the history of Mike Leach has he had a monster receiver, and that team made it to number one in the country. Yeah, Michael Crabtree. That I was remember. a Crabtree year. Yep. Whew, gracious. All right. So Mississippi State gets it done. Uh, Post game win expectancy was only 59 percent for uh, Mississippi State, but. Uh, I mean, they were down twenty-eight to three. So well, yeah, they sense. were down. Yeah, they were down twenty-five points. Exactly, uh, and uh, they were on the road. So you know, getting it done on the road at Auburn like this, I, I still cannot believe. I told, this. hang on, hang on. I've said for all year they're going to finish with the weirdest resume in college football. Let me tell you this: they have twice as many wins over top twenty-five teams as they do over unranked teams. It's just, just, Isn't that insane? Isn't that insane? How did this team lose to LSU in, in Memphis? I don't, I don't get it. Twice as many wins <laughs> over ranked opponents as they do over unranked opponents. It's going to – I've said it for three weeks. They're going to have the weirdest resume in all of college football when the season's over with. Yes. Uh, Derek jumped in, by the way, said, Chris, should I really get my popcorn ready? <laughs> I think so. Probably so. I think so. Probably I think that's so. going to – well, here's the thing. It's Thanksgiving. If you're eating popcorn in the evening of Thanksgiving, that you're, you've done this all wrong. <laughs> You've done it. You spent the entire day wrong, and you need to reevaluate your life. If you don't have somebody uh, making you Thanksgiving dinner, 
I would say give me a call, but I'm not going to be around. Uh, find some friends and go mooch off of them. You can't eat popcorn for Thanksgiving. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Wake Forest 45, NC State 42. Post-game win expectancy, Wake Forest 76%. Uh, Wake can win the Atlantic by beating either Clemson or BC. If you lose both, uh, Clemson is going to go. Bottom line. like that's it, And I cannot believe that we are at this point in the season where Clemson is still a viable option. Uh, and yet, I mean, that defense is still really, really damn good. But uh, mm. you start looking at some of these numbers. Um, NC State outgained Wake Forest last night. 482 to 406. Um, but, you know, three turnovers for NC State that ended up turning into uh, seven points. Three turnovers for Wake that turned into no points. And that's the difference in the ballgame. So you, you look at some of these numbers, uh, rushing yards. NC State was only able to muster up 74 rushing yards on that Wake Forest defense. They threw for 408. Now, a lot of this was late. The biggest difference in this game is the hidden yardage. The hidden yardage was penalties this time. 14 penalties for 119 yards against NC State. Wake had five for 50. Again, difference in the ballgame. Like it's, Wake it's just doesn't beat insane. themselves ever. I was so disappointed they didn't get to 50. You have no idea how bad I wanted them to get to 50. When, when they started scoring late again, I was like, Son of a bitch, he's gonna be he's gonna nail this on the head. And <laughs> they still blew the over out. The total was 61 and a half. What are we doing? Like, when are the books gonna have the balls to give us an 80 or 90 point total with this team? Are they ever gonna do it? I doubt it. Because the, maybe against Boston College, maybe. Um but I doubt but, it. This is the free that's just the freest money in all the land. It's just hammer over, hammer over, hammer over. They're hitting the overs by halftime. Yeah. Now they didn't they didn't have it by halftime in this game, but they had it. Holy shit, I just lost my camera. They but they did have it. But they did have it. I'm still with you guys. They did there we go. I did have it uh by like early in the second the third quarter. Yes. Very, very early. Well, I, and it was never in doubt. Like at halftime, I fully understood this was ball game. Yes, uh, Sam Hartman. Oh, the over was the total. Sam Hartman, um, I I love Sam Hartman. I love what he does. But in this game, yeah, it's really good. Twenty out of forty-seven. That ain't yeah. great. Forty-three uh, percent no. completion percentage. Had three touchdowns and three interceptions, and still his QBR was over a hundred. One hundred two point seven. Like I. Sometimes these numbers don't make sense, but you this look is, at what he was this is to the best. This is the best defense they've played all year. Oh, by far. And, and, and we talked about that in the preview of this game. This was going to be the best defense Wake's played all year. Yes, yes. Uh, Devin Leary on the other side, 37 out of 59, 408 yards, four mm-hmm. touchdowns, two interceptions. This um, might be the softest defense he plays all year, and that didn't work out well for him still. I mean, they still put up 42 points, but... Yeah, hey, yeah but you know what? If he doesn't turn the football over, they probably win this game, though. Yeah, yes, 100%. I mean, because they got three turnovers off Wake Forest. Like, if they had been able to capitalize on even one of them. On one uh, of them, they would have been fine. 
Like they they win yeah. the game if they capitalize on that's one. that's the difference in the game. Uh, yeah, yes. Uh, and Derek Miller, we see your uh, your quote there. Brown Yeti said next year state's going to be a monster. Uh, Derek said he was just quoting Lane uh, and then yeah, Alabama. Yeah, I got, I got I got yeah, that. We, after we the got fact, it. But we got <laughs> we got the popcorn references. Just don't just don't just don't eat popcorn for Thanksgiving. That's yes, all. 100%. <laughs> I'll just be dis- the fat guy and me will be very disappointed in you. Uh, Wake Forest did have eight tackles for loss in this game. So like they, we we talk about their offense all the time. That defense is is not great, but they are aggressive. Their defense their defensive line their front. I don't want to say front seven because I don't think they have seven dudes that are good, but they've got four, but they're just not all D linemen. Um, are, are, they'll get after you. Yes, and they're that's very where aggressive. They, but that's the thing. like Because they score 50 every game, they don't have to stop you every drive. They just need a stop here or a stop there. That's all they need. Yes. Yes. That one extra possession is the difference in so many of these games. And that's all it took in this game. When they lost the turnover battle, I thought, shit, that's going to be it. But they got a stop when they needed to get a stop. They got the extra score when they needed to get the extra score. I never worry about them being able to get the extra score. Never. Right. It was the, it was the getting the stops when you've turned the ball over and given them the extra possessions that I that I worried about. Yeah. Yeah, you uh you were not wrong about that. Uh, NC State did miss a field goal uh, early in this, but at the same time, that would that would have gotten them the cover, wouldn't it? That would have made this a one point win. Uh, no, I mean it was forty five forty two. So I mean that. that oh yeah, no, that wouldn't have changed However, anything at all because it was one and a half line. Right? On, on the same token, uh, Wake Forest did, of course, have uh, like a missed field, whatever. Like they they did not hit a field goal uh, when they attempted it in the second quarter. So. Um, you think somebody's going to snack up Clawson? I think so. I think, I think I so. Would. I, I I will tell you this: it all depends on his mindset. Like I, he has got a cush job at Wake Forest. Oh, I, I completely agree with that. By the way, so and I think the the mentality of coaches has changed. Like if he feels like, and if he, the Lee Corsos of the world have their way, all you have to do is win the ACC and you get in the playoffs. Well, it's not just the Lee Corsos; it's also oh, I know that. I know that. I know that's that's, that's like, a shot. It's it's not just the Lees. It's all of the people that run college football because it doesn't matter who you play if your brand is big enough then we just assume you're better we say you're better enough see so i'm gonna, I'm gonna go on a little rant here i had a conversation with a friend of mine who's a big mississippi state fan well so we understand the biases and he talked about how he's so sick of hearing that the grove is the greatest tailgate place in the country and i said well here's how you get that because i've been in the grove many 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 times and i've never had a bad time at the grove but I don't know that it's the best tailgate I've ever seen or had, but the problem is, is you're told that it's the best over and over and over again. And then you go there and you have a good time. And so you assume, well, it's gotta be the best, but then you start breaking it down. Every meal I've ever had in the Grove has been nothing but just like cold Abner's chicken. (laughs) And I'm thinking, you know what? Like that might be some of the shittiest food I've ever had. And what? So, because nobody cooks out, you don't ever have because they they won't let you have fire. They won't let you have your grills and stuff there. So it's just a bunch of tents with a ton of people crammed into a beautiful area when all those tents are not there. It's a lot like Disney World. It'd probably be a hell of a lot different or better if you just made all the half these people leave. (laughs) You're probably right. How did we get on 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 that? It's just a matter of. If you say something enough, we just assume that it's true because nobody. I mean, it's the definition of gaslighting. Okay, I get, it's, I get what you're but saying. it's but we're talking about 
We still use words like the power five. And even though I hate that concept, I despise it. And I have for years, I still use it because it's the way everybody else understands what I'm trying to say. And so I have to change my terminology and things that I don't agree with to, to have a conversation with people in a way that they understand it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I can, I, I understand exactly. But that's a problem because the ACC does not deserve to be considered power anything right now. The PAC 12 does not consider to be power anything right now. The, uh, the most likely, uh, ACC championship game right now will be played in Charlotte, North Carolina between Wake Forest and Pittsburgh. And you're telling it's me... It's going to be amazing. That, I would tell you this. That's what we deserve, by the way. Oh, it's going to be that's a great game. That's going to be an amazing game. That's the game we all deserve. And if Wake does somehow lose out and they miss out on that, it's it's the kick in the nuts at the end of college football that we don't want. Right. No, I, I agree with you 100%. Like, I, I had... Uh, 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 so, Parker texted me yesterday and, and was talking about chaos because we were yep. talking about the fact that Alabama could end up winning the SEC West without ever having to play the Auburn game. Like, they can yep. wrap it up against Arkansas next week. And he yeah, said, thanks to the state of Mississippi yeah. last night. He said it's just complete chaos, and I said, yeah, with the least chaotic ending. Like, if we end up with Clemson winning the ACC and, and Alabama or Georgia winning the SEC and Ohio State winning the Big Ten, like, this is, I don't know that that's what anybody necessarily wants uh, other than TV networks. Like, that's it. I just it's it's a little bit frustrating. If all of that happens, we have to, we we cannot compare it to 2007. No, it won't be anything like 2007 at that point. Like uh, we, it was just a wild year that ended up chalk. Well, it, in 2007, still kind of ended up chalk. I mean, remember it was Ohio State and LSU playing for the national title. Like it was just the the way that we got. But there LSU wasn't was preseason ranked number one or two in the country. Yeah, they were they were way up there. They were like at least top three, and I think I no, think they I, were don't, actually, I, I don't remember that. I thought they were. I knew they were top five, but I don't remember they were one or two. So, but they they, I mean, they had been number one basically all season, but they had the two losses in overtime, and and it took a whole lot of other undefeated crap. in regulation. Yeah, November was was chaos. November was crazy that season. Uh, hopefully, hopefully we will get that again this season. I would I love so. to see it. Uh, rolling through some of these other games right quick. We're not going to be able to spend long on them. Let's um, go fast. Uh, Purdue, 31, Ohio State, 59. Ohio State's postgame win expectancy was 100%. Ohio State rang up 624 yards of offense on that Purdue defense. 361 passing, 263 rushing. Uh, Mayan Williams ran 14 times for 117 yards. Travion Henderson, 13 carries for 98 yards. Um, They were awesome. Garrett Wilson had a rush for 51 yards. That was awesome. Uh, He had 126 yards. On 10 receptions, did Garrett Wilson. Jackson Smith and Jigba, 9 receptions, 139 yards, a touchdown. Uh, Chris Olave, 9 receptions, 85 yards. Like, this Ohio State offense uh, started clicking early. And we talked about this game a little bit, about how the line looked a little crazy, and that's when you got to go the other direction. Because, again, like, Purdue came off of a massive win last week, and can you do it two weeks in a row, especially when this, you're going on the road? This ain't one of those crazy lines, Gary. I looked at it yesterday. 91% of the bets were on Ohio State. Yeah. Yeah. It, well, it's but that's, you that's, not the, that's not the line looks crazy go the other way. I am a little shocked that it was 91%. It was 91% yesterday morning. That's crazy. Nine, I, there, there 9 a.m. So Central Time. There were so many national media people that were taking Purdue in this spot. Like, yeah, no, they, they, no, none of those people actually make bets. Uh, David, David Bell, by the way, 11 receptions, 103 yards. He did not have a touchdown. Milton Wright, 
uh, did. He was seven receptions, 98 yards, and one touchdown. Um, they couldn't run the football. Purdue could not, and that was it. Uh, Derek Miller said, sorry, guys, these schools recruit the best kids. Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, and others, that's just how it is. Yeah, it is. Like, it's, it is. Like, I, but that's the reason why football is in the state that it is. Um, but it's, but that's, again, another self-fulfilling prophecy. We say all the time they're the best schools, so all the best players go to the best schools. Yes. It's it's really, it's switched over. Uh, oh, you thought, it, yeah, yeah, excuse me. Do you have any thoughts on Ohio State-Purdue? Yeah, this game ended when Purdue was driving the football on them like nobody's business, doing exactly what they should do, take advantage of the Swiss cheese secondary, and then they tried to get cute and run some weird option trick play reverse fumble the football uh ohio state got it ball game ohio state's now up by three scores and it's never close again yeah yeah that, why, that why you're running call. trick plays when your standard offense is cutting them up like swiss cheese well, i mean it to be fair that's what brahm does right like no but no, no 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 that's what you do when you're playing teams where you can't run your offense but when your base offense is getting five to nine yards of play, stop running. You don't run trick plays then. You damn sure don't run reverses that aren't going to get you more than five to nine yards. Okay? Agreed. If you want to run a trick play, you do something that's deep and down the field that you're trying to take the top off the defense. Ohio State, on the other side, did look really, really good. It was uh, so frustrating. Of, yeah. And that's where the game – that's where they, because it was 14-7, and if you – score there and you make it 14-14 this is just a game where it's boom 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 it's the ping pong game that we thought it was going to be but as soon as you get down three because the very next play after that they rush the ball for 61 yards and a touchdown one play 60 yards boom touchdown and now it's a three score game and now you're completely out of your offense now you throw the script completely out of the window which i don't know why you ever did that because your base offense can cut them to pieces because their secondary cannot tackle an open field. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I it's very it's frustrating. It's frustrating. That was frustrating. That um, was angering to watch. But for Ohio State, uh this is one of those <laughs> Derek said, sorry Chris, no excuses, just results. Ohio State came to play. Yeah, they did. They took advantage of mistakes that were made by Purdue. And here's the thing. Ohio State well, they're so much better than Purdue. Purdue's yes. got to play a perfect football game to hang in that game. Ohio State uh, is going to have these kind of games, right? They are going to look well, yeah. fantastic some weeks, and they are going to look like complete garbage some weeks. And it's just trying to figure out what weekend they're going to do that, right? They that's should the just – but the problem is is they should never look like garbage when you look at the talent that's on that field. Agreed. Agreed. Good gracious. Georgia, 41, Tennessee, 17. Post-game win expectancy, Georgia, 97%. And Tennessee had them on the ropes early. Uh, that, that tempo really – really got to Georgia, I think. Um, you you look at some of the numbers here, like Hendon Hooker had a really good day against them. 24 out of 37, 244 yards, one touchdown, one pick. Um, Tennessee couldn't run the football. And that's, I mean, that's how Tennessee typically gets their offense going, is running the football. And they started out early not having to worry with it because uh, they knew that the way to, to get them to ease up on the run was hit them over the top hit them across the middle, find ways to get playmakers the ball. Cedric Tillman for Tennessee, by the way, 10 receptions, 200 yards receiving, and had one touchdown. Um, on the other side, James Cook, 10 carries, 104 yards, two touchdowns. Um, he had three receptions for 43 yards and a touchdown. I mean, 
Georgia ran the football for 274 yards on 41 carries. That 6.7 a clip, they had four touchdowns. That way, Stetson was fine. 17 out of 29, 213 yards, one touchdown. Uh, Didn't have to really do anything. Well, no. You know? And so. Like Tennessee. Tennessee started off awesome. Tennessee, you know, their offense scored first drive. They were averaging five yards a play. It, it was they could get a first, and they were running the football down their throat. By the way, they were getting five yards a rush every time they they ran the football, and and they they drove the ball right down the throat. Yes, and 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 after the first two drives, three drives really, because first drive resulted in zero points. After after their first three drives, it all went away. Uh, Derek Miller said, "Look at every game Georgia has played. Waiting on you to make a mistake when you do, it's game over." Yeah. Yep. Hundred percent. That's it. That's it. Tennessee looked really good the first three drives, and then then they threw the pick, and then it was over. Yes, hundred percent. But Tennessee did have them on the ropes early. They showed some early. somewhat of a blueprint that you could try and take advantage of. It's just can you do it the entire ball game? And I don't know that anybody is capable of doing that for an entire ball game. So, uh, not against that defense. I don't. Nope. Nope. Not at all. Next game. It, it also didn't help that after the first three drives, Tennessee, I think, had four different starters offensively get carted off or go off to the locker room. Yeah. That when you're Tennessee, you definitely can't lose four starters, and their offense never looked the same the rest of the game. True. Like that's a that's a not making excuses and not saying that they could have beaten Georgia or whatever. I'm just saying it. You don't have the depth of the talent to be able to lose four starters against that team. Agreed. Agreed. And they they were already hurting on depth anyway. Um, so it didn't it didn't help in this situation. Texas Tech 41, Iowa State 38. What a fabulous football game. Uh I just I, <laughs> I found myself glued to this game for a long time. Um Brock Purdy, 32 out of 42 passing, 356 yards, two touchdowns, uh, three touchdowns, and two interceptions. Um, that's that's what he's got to get better at. Brees Hall. I mean, what what the hell are we doing here? Like, I, I just uh, – Texas Tech's defense is not – no. this ain't the 85 Bears here. Like They they just made up their mind they weren't going to let Brees beat them. They were going to put the ball in Brock's hands. And Brock played really well, but he didn't play well enough. And their defense didn't play good at all. This no. is a game. This is a team where you thought uh, Matt Campbell's supposed to be able to be a good defensive coach. Well, I mean, I, he's he's not a defensive guy, but he's established a really strong culture. He's got a good defensive staff. I was about to say um, he built this team from a defensive perspective, not yeah. an offensive perspective, though. Right, right. It, it, this was, and on defense they were they were trash. I mean, they gave up five hundred twenty nine yards to Texas Tech uh, with a. Are we going to call him a backup or is he like the new starter? Um, I don't know. The the kid, uh, Smith, um, guy, Donovan Smith, he's a freshman quarterback, 25 out of 32, uh, 322 yards, three touchdowns, one interception, and he also ran the ball 14 times for 50 yards. 529 yards, 322 of which were passing, 207 yards on the ground for Texas Tech. Yeah. I mean, that's the ball game right there. Like That's I just, it. That's it. Un- unbelievable game for Texas Tech. Weird, 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 inexplainable game for, for Iowa State. Is this a thing where we're just going to see a pattern here of teams looking? They, they all think Oklahoma's beatable. And if you beat Oklahoma, it brings donors out of the woodworks. And so we're just going to overlook the week beforehand so we can show up and play. If they beat Oklahoma, this is just a new path. Is Because losing at Texas Tech doesn't cost Iowa State a nickel. 
But beating Oklahoma makes you millions of dollars with the extra donor money that just comes pouring in. Yes. Yes. I, I, this is exactly what Baylor did, by the way. And I'm going to tell you, I, I don't know what the number is going to be. I'll be betting Iowa State against Oklahoma next week. And I know that's at Oklahoma. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I think they were looking ahead towards Oklahoma. They think Oklahoma's gettable. And they said, hey, let's worry about getting them. We think we could beat Texas Tech without practice. Baylor thought they could beat TCU without practice. And it didn't work out, but guess what? If you told me you can lose to TCU but beat Oklahoma, every team in the Big 12 would take it. I agree. I agree. Uh, Even TCU. Garibay, by the way. Can't, can't believe can't believe that but, wasn't a record. I just can't believe on, that on. wasn't let's, a record. Let's start off with this first. Um, because they don't win this game without the first field goal, which was at the end of the first half, and he hit it from 45. He he had two field goals on the That's day. That's right. A 45-yarder at the end of the first half is, with no time 45 left. is big in college football. Yes. 45 is big. It's not unheard of. 62. 62 to close the game. Nope. Nobody even attempts that. He, he did not hit a field goal with time left on the clock in either half. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. L- listen, hang on, hang on. The the sixty nine yarder was not twenty one year or nineteen twenty one or whatever. It was it was nineteen seventy six and it was from Abilene Christian. So that wasn't even FBS. It wasn't even FBS. That's just ridiculous. But sixty two, like, props. well, the FBS wasn't a thing in nineteen seventy six. Also agreed. Uh, Tyrone Davis jumped in and said, "Let's go Baylor." Yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. That's amazing. Florida State thirty one. And uh, which, by the way, you called this uh, Mike Norvell. Hey, I got a question, and I, I was going to talk about this on on my SBR show, but since like tens of people watch it now that it's only on the Twitter, uh, I want to have this conversation here. Um, I think the state of Florida should do what the city of Boston does for college hockey, which is called the Bean Pot, which is they take like three weeks off during the off season and they all play each other. You have Harvard and you have Boston university and you have like, you have four or five and they're always ranked in like the top, I don't know, 25 of, of college hockey, all four of these schools. And they're all in the small city of Boston and they play what's called the bean pot. So it's a round robin tournament. I, I think the state of Florida should have this for football. And I don't know who the best team in Florida is right now. Oh, I've got no idea. I got no idea. I, I will tell you this. I probably would put my money on UCF. Uh, UCF kind of got smoked by SMU yesterday. I, I understand that. I understand that. Who would you put your money on then? Uh, right this second, I'd probably put it on Florida State because I think Florida they could State, beat everybody else in the state. I trust Norvell probably more than all the coaches in there. Yeah. I, I don't think it, it – like, give, give, uh, give me Dylan Gabriel at UCF, and yeah, I can see where you're coming from. Without Dylan oh Gabriel. no! With Dylan, with Dylan Gabriel, it's a it's a it's a runaway. Like it yeah. ain't close. Yes, um, but that would be interesting. I'll take I'll take the four biggest schools in the in the state. I'd like to see them play a round robin tournament, and and I I'm going to tell you it's a Yahtzee Cup, man. You I, I bet I bet if you played that tournament a hundred times, you'd get a different team winning. Probably so. Probably so. Uh, so Florida State wins this one, and it, the post game win expectancy number shocked me. Shocked me. In this one. Yeah. 91% for Florida State. Yeah. And that's even with them having to come back and score the touchdown late uh, to win. I know they had to come back. They dominated this game, though. Yes, they did. Absolutely did. And Miami uh, should really not have... 
I'm not going to say they shouldn't have been in the game, um, but it didn't feel like they deserved to be there at the end. Sure. Like, I don't, I don't, but I don't think they did. I don't think they did. I don't think they played a good game at all. No, it was twenty to seven at the end of the first half. It was twenty to uh, fourteen at the end of the third quarter, and then Miami came out, started doing some stuff, like found a way to, you know, uh, they, they they figured something out. And and then and then Florida State was able to get it done late. Uh, the late touchdown drive for Florida State, uh, seven plays, eighty yards, and and got the touchdown. Uh, it was only a minute fifty three that went off the clock, uh, so they were able to move the football uh, yards per play. Florida State five point nine to five point one um, in the red zone. Florida State was six of six scoring. Miami only three of three. Time of possession was big on Florida State thirty six. Uh, minutes and nine seconds to 23.51. Three turnovers that led to seven points for uh, Miami. Um, and then one turnover that led to seven points for Florida State. So yep. basically, the the difference there was the time of possession, which, uh, I mean, Miami gave them the ball three times. Like, they were only able to score seven points, but when you don't have the football, it's kind of hard to score. So, you know, this was this was an interesting game. Um Third downs, Florida State could do nothing. They were 3 of 15, but they did go 2 of 2 on fourth down. Miami went 4 of 4 on fourth down, uh, and Miami was 6 of 16 on third down on it. Uh, but Miami could not run the football. 43 yards rushing in this game on 23 carries. That's only 1.9 a clip. Uh, on the other side, like Florida State, 48 carries, 160 yards. They were going to run the football. It was only 3.3 per clip, but uh, at this, this was awesome. Like Florida State, this this could actually get Manny Diaz fired. Like he he had built up such goodwill. I I'm really curious. I thought all that goodwill was fraud. It's that that's kind of what it seems like because as soon as you get a loss, like once you're on the hot seat, you're on the hot seat forever. So because it, the pro the problem is is that offense was never really actually good. Like I just think they were playing shit teams. Look at the ACC. Look at their opponents. There's not a good defense outside of Clemson has a good defense. NC State has a good defense. That's it. That's the list. They don't. Nobody is great in this conference at defense. And so yeah, your offense looked pretty good for three weeks, but against crap opponents. Yeah, and if you can, it's not that Florida State has a good defense. It's like if you have an no, Florida State does not have a good defense. If you have an off game, you couldn't score against them. Obviously, you you won't be able to beat them if you have an off game. Uh, Yeah, Tyler Van Dyke, twenty five out of forty seven. That's only fifty three percent completion percentage. Three hundred sixteen yards, four touchdowns, one interception here. Uh, yeah, they were not able to get it done. Florida State drove the field, and that was a program-defining drive. I think. Like I, I feel good, like that. Good when, for Norvell. Yes. I thought. I thought Mike Norvell was just on the come up. I just thought this team is getting better every week. They were not good before the season started. They were not good in the middle of the season. We are at the end of the season, and this team is getting better every week. That's a sign of coaching. Same guys playing that were at the beginning of the year. It, it, it's just they're they're learning the system. They're learning the program. They're they're getting more comfortable in the offense. They're getting more comfortable with the defensive scheming. And I just, I just think they're getting better every week. Doesn't mean they're good. Doesn't mean they're there by any stretch. 
but they are substantially better than they were when the season started. Uh, we got a little SEC conversation going on. Yeah, I've got I'm an opinion. I've got an opinion about Oklahoma and Texas coming into the. See, I don't want to refund them for anybody else. Well, hold on, hold on. Before you before you jump into it, let me actually read the comment for the people that are on the right. podcast and whatnot. Uh, right. Elvin Gully jumped in. Can we refund Texas for Oklahoma State or Baylor? Horns aren't SEC no. caliber. Uh, and Ball Python Love said, "I can't wait for Oklahoma to go to the SEC. I don't see them being good with better teams." Tyrone Dovid, uh, Davis said the same thing. Python, I don't think they can hang. Uh, Ball Python Love said, I don't either. Bad move for Oklahoma and Texas. Um, yeah, so so let me <laughs> let me tell you what I like about this. See, here, this is this is the SEC being smarter than everybody else. We 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 love brands in college football. We as a collective we, because we me do not care about your brand at all. Um, so so college football is going to think the SEC just got a lot better because he brought them in. And then the middling teams in the SEC are going to beat big brands like Oklahoma and Texas, and we're going to get more teams bowl eligible because we need more wins. And those teams are going to continue to be trash, but because they're really big schools and they have a lot of money and they have big historic fan bases, uh, it's always going to be seen as a good win. And so now teams that probably don't deserve to be bowl eligible are going to get bowl eligible, which means more bowl teams, more money for your conference. That's a good thing. Yes. Yes, 100%. I, that's, that was my thought exactly. Um, yep. <laughs> Arkansas's win over Texas, people still hype that win up. And right. Texas big deal. is it's a, a big football deal. team. And, so. and Arkansas is going to go bowling because of wins like that. Yes, 100%. 100%. Iowa 27, Minnesota 22. Obviously, we don't have to spend long on this one, but um, I, I thought that there was a world where Iowa might not win this game. Spencer Petrus was out in this one, and Alex Padilla... Um, 11 of 24 for 204 yards and two touchdowns. Or sorry, 206 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, I mean, that's a ridiculous, ridiculous, uh, uh, you know, yards per completion percentage there. I mean, it's almost 20 yards per completion. Uh, they just hit chunk plays. They were able to, they only had, they only ran 49 plays. By the way, Minnesota ran 83. I, I, when I looked at this box score, uh, because I'm not going to lie, I had it on one of my TVs. I don't know how many times I actually looked over other than to just check the score. Because every time I watched, it looked boring and bland, and Minnesota had the ball almost the entire time. I mean, they had over 40 minutes time of possession, and Iowa still found a way to win the football game. Like, With I, almost no points to show for it. I, yeah. I didn't watch a single second of this game because – of that very reason. There were too many other games that were on that were good, and this game just did not matter. So, of course, like, we, we had to hit on it because Iowa's still in a position to to maybe win the West if they can get Wisconsin beat. I don't think Wisconsin's going to get beat. I don't. I, what does Wisconsin's but, schedule look like, man? I don't think Wisconsin's losing again. Um, I do not have it pulled up, but I can pull it up I'm right trying now. To, yeah, uh, I was trying to get go. it. Uh, Wisconsin has got uh, Nebraska and at Minnesota. So, it's I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibilities, but – more than likely, they won't be losing. But if they do, Iowa is sitting right there, ready to roll. Um, this was like this was a a tight game, but at the end of the day, like Iowa being able to win by by running half as many plays as Minnesota, uh, just kind of shocking. Kind of shocking. Well, when you're a bad offense already, and you're playing with your backup quarterback, which you assume is, makes your offense worse. That's important to be able to win with half the plays. And, and you, you don't want get that guy turnover. on the field very much at all. You you never got a turnover for Minnesota. And that's how Iowa has typically won. Um, the only turnover in this game led to three points for Minnesota. So 
you know, I mean, it is it is what it is. Uh, Brown Yeti said, I think it helps uh, Norvell, and he said, I don't know how to spell his name. It's N-O-R-V-E-L, uh, or L-L, excuse me. Uh, let's see, that there uh, there isn't another Florida team with seven wins this season. Uh, well, yeah, he can he can certainly get Mullen fired at the end of the year. Like, that'll that'll almost certainly happen if they if they decide to like whip Florida uh that could really be the end of it for for Mullen um Gary Lewis jumped in uh for fun and gun on a different platform someone wrote 21 FSU will hit the trifecta by getting three different head coaches fired uh and then he brought up Diaz and Mullen yeah I mean it's entirely possible and uh Big Ten fans who early in 21 claimed I uh claimed lowly Fresno State is not on par with Minnesota are very wrong. Wonder which team is higher in SP Plus and in other key metrics. Fresno State has bad run D, but Minnesota pass D blows. I, I'm not going to argue with that. I, like, I, there's there's no way to argue with that. So, uh, Fresno State's good, but they, I mean, they ain't great. You know, they're, they're not great. Uh, Elvin Gully, Arkansas would have the same record as Cincinnati or any other G5 with those pathetic schedules. I don't there's know that no Arkansas could win. Arkansas's, Arkansas's not going on the road to Notre Dame and beat Notre Dame. Agreed. Now everybody else that Cincinnati plays, yeah, Arkansas can beat them. Yes. That's fine. That's fine. But, but that you can't just everybody else that. That's a big win that nobody else in the country has. Agreed. Uh, agreed. Uh, last game I want to bring up here to get us out of here. Arkansas sixteen, LSU thirteen. Um, and I only bring it up because it was a hell of a ball game. LSU's post game win expectancy was actually fifty nine percent in this game. Um, the LSU defense held the Hogs to a field goal in the first half and six punts. And to do that against that offense was awesome. Just yeah. awesome. The LSU defense showed up in the spot. Neither team could do anything in the red zone. It felt like, um, I mean, it was just, or, or, or couldn't even get to the red zone. How's that? Because Arkansas only got there one time and they scored a touchdown. Uh, LSU got there twice and they scored uh, on on one of them, right? Like, I this... I, I'm so curious what LSU is going to look like with a new head coach because they have got talent. They have got the dudes. And the defense has come along and has looked much better. Uh, switching up, like Ed O said, like after the Alabama game, he said we installed eight new defensive looks before the Alabama game. And it has completely tricked Alabama and it has completely tricked Arkansas, and both of those offenses are used to putting up 30, 40, 50 points in ballgames. And, I mean, LSU broke Alabama's streak of scoring 31 points in, uh, in what was it, like 30-some-odd games in a row? I mean, it went back like three years. And LSU's good. Gary Lewis jumps in. LSU's not quitting. Credit to the players. Um, yes. Like, this is crazy. Kerry B. jumped in. LSU versus Arkansas. Uh, Arkansas defense played well. They held LSU to the fewest points since 1906. KJ Jefferson, uh, that's not true. Maybe the maybe the fewest points in Death Valley since 1906. Um, KJ Jefferson for no, that's not true either. Oh, yeah, the fewest say, points, the fewest points for Arkansas. I bet. I was like, because they've been shut out multiple times in Baton Rouge and everything yeah, else. Say, so it had to be it had to be yeah. Arkansas. Um, KJ Jefferson for the next Heisman and uh, in Arkansas seven and three is Sam Pittman coach of the year. No, he's not coach of the year. Uh, he's done a really good job with this team. He's in the conversation, he's, though. He's he, certainly, he's, yeah. If you were going to a place to get an award, he would be a finalist that would get to go to the trip. Yes. Yes. Uh, what do you think about Garrett Nussmeyer? Like, 18 out of 31 passing, 179 yards, one touchdown, two picks. LSU's quarterback next year is not on the roster. 
I kind of thought the same thing. Okay. I kind of thought the same thing. Like, Max so my Johnson, thoughts on Nussmeyer are irrelevant. I think Nussmeyer is head and shoulders better than Max Johnson right now. And not, it ain't even close. The, the overtime sack that he took. No, bad. That was very much a, a freshman mistake. Yes, but the but the thing is, is the uh, first half touchdown where he just runs around, scrambles, turns, launches the football like it just exploded out of a rifle, and then you had a if it was Alabama, everyone called it the Vontae Smith catch because it was the exact same thing, but nobody cared because it was LSU and they're not very good. Um, that like that that was unbelievable, and we don't have a quarterback on the roster that has that arm talent other than him. True. True. Uh, this this was a strange. Uh, I'll tell you this: I believe with all my heart, if he would have played in the Alabama game, we we beat Bama. I don't. All we needed, all we needed, was one or two big plays the entire game. That's it. He's not going to make more mistakes than Mac Johnson made. Yeah, no, no, we no, just right. needed one or two big plays, and that game's over with. Yes, uh, the difference in this ball game, by the way, uh, was LSU turnovers. Three of them well, for yeah. LSU, zero for Arkansas. No, he's still going to turn the football yeah. over. He's a freshman quarterback that's not – and here's the thing, he's not great. He's not great. That's fine. Our coaching coaches that are there to develop him aren't great. Our offensive scheme, not great. Our offensive line, not very good at all. So, it's it's tough. We don't have great wide receivers playing right now, and, and he doesn't have a lot of benefits of anything. But he's also not great. That's okay. Yes. Uh Arkansas running the football, which is typically their bread and butter. 40 attempts, only 139 yards, uh, 3.5 a clip on this. KJ Jefferson, 15 for 41. Uh, Johnson was 14 at a third or 14 for 39. Um, yeah, I, this was a tightly contested ball game. Uh, only 308 total yards for LSU, 281 for Arkansas, and it came down to who made the mistakes. Yeah, turnovers. And that's what Arkansas is really good at. LSU is good at turning the ball over, and Arkansas is good at taking them away. Um, I also thought that this is a dead-ass year for LSU. Okay, Like, this this year doesn't matter. We've already fired our coach. We're playing spoiler, and we're just trying to work hard, and these players are working their ass off. They want to win every game, win it out. And that's, that's important. This is actually a big win for Arkansas. Arkansas needs this more than them. Um there was no doubt when we went into overtime, I didn't like that because yeah. and there was a reason Sam Pittman was perfectly comfortable going into overtime because he thought, oh, we can win this thing in overtime. If we get this thing in regulation and chaos happens, uh, then then LSU could take this from us. But they were not afraid at all of going overtime. Not not one little bit because they believe they're the better football team. I think they're the better football team. Um, and and this is this is bigger for them in that this season than that would have just been another win for LSU, and it would have been another reason for people to call Arkansas frauds if Arkansas loses that game. But if you look at Arkansas' schedule and you look at their resume, it they're you know they're much better than anybody thought they were. If you lose LSU, people just assume those wins earlier don't matter. Yeah, yeah, you're right, uh, Gary Lewis. I knew the young Nussmeyer would be pretty good at quarterback. I'm so old. I followed his dad's college and NFL playing, not coaching career. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Where was he? Uh, was he Idaho? Was he? Where, where, I don't remember where he went to college at. I know, I know, he's the quarterbacks coach at at, uh, at Dallas right Let's now. See. Uh, here we go, Gary. Oh, Nussmeyer, decent passing college football quarterback, as was his dad, early '90s at the University of Idaho. That's what it was. Yeah, it's Idaho. Yep. Um. Yeah. No. Uh. We and we've got some more 
uh, <laughs> some more discussion about the SEC, about uh, people saying that Arkansas is going to handle BYU um, and Cincinnati next year. Elvin said this isn't the Pac-12. Um, let's see. Captain Genius expand playoffs, mostly eliminate committees, no guesswork or opinion uh, polls, problem solved. Uh, AMAC said, Greg Sankey called. He wants his invitation back. Look on the bright side. Texas Conference USA is looking for uh, a few teams. Um, again, why would you give up Texas if you know that you can beat them and they're going to bring more money to the conference? Like, there you go. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Leave a check. Take the ass whooping. You got it. You got it. All right. Uh, there's a bunch of other stuff that happened in the sport. San Diego State, congratulations on a 23-21 win over Nevada. Louisville, massive win. I didn't even think about the fact that it was Lamar's uh, uh, jersey retirement ceremony. So, of course, they were going to beat Syracuse like a drum. 41-3. East Carolina beat Memphis in overtime. That's a dead-ass team. 30-29 there. You, you, um, you going to work Monday? You going to push Silverfield out a window for me? Well, I, I won't be on that side of campus, but, you know. <laughs> you can drive over there. You know where his office is. Just, just give him a little nudge they'll, right uh, towards they'll, the window. They'll find they'll find something to do there. Uh, Pitt with a big win over North Carolina on Thursday. We didn't get a chance to talk about that, but 30-23, that rainstorm uh, when North Carolina took the field in overtime <laughs> was the most – the most like, hey, God saying, I want Pitt to win this ball game that I have ever seen in my life. I've never seen that. Uh, Georgia State beat Coastal Carolina. Now, don't get me wrong. Uh, Grayson McCall has been out. Uh, he was out for this game. But the fact that Coastal uh, actually, you know, lost the game, uh, we, yeah. we're not quite used to that. Uh, Florida over Sanford. We could have spent an hour on Dan Mullen and that defense and whatnot. 70-52 uh, to 52 was the final there. Um UTSA struggled with Southern Miss, but, you know, whatever. Oregon got the 14-point the push against Washington State. Utah State, massive win. We talked about that earlier. And then Oklahoma State and TCU, uh, just a bludgeoning. Bludgeoning. Uh, is there anything else that we need to discuss? Nope, that's it. That is it. All right, let's get out of here. You guys have been wonderful. Thank you for jumping in the chat. We had uh, a whole bunch of people in the chat today, and we cannot tell you how much we appreciate you. Thank you for being here with us every single week. We enjoy this. It's my favorite hour and a half to two hours of the week. Just recapping, rehashing, uh, no filter, having fun, talking about college football. So head over to winningcureseverything.com. Make sure you need to, or make sure that you do subscribe everywhere that you need to subscribe. And uh, and leave a nice five-star review over on Apple Podcasts. Jump into the comments, jump in the chat. We're trying to get to 5,000 YouTube subscribers. We are getting close. We're less than 200 away, like 100 and... 60 something away so make sure and subscribe and share the show out tell your friends about it bet us brings you the show every week ncaaf 2021 is the promo code 125 percent deposit bonus when you sign up with that promo code um up to 2500 dollars, and it is sportsbook exclusive so head over to bet us where the game begins also i do a college football show for bet us chris does a college football show for sportsbook review make sure and check out both of those there is a link in the description for them chris I think that is going to cut it, my friend. Uh, for everybody out there, take care of yourself, take care of each other, and hopefully all of your NFL bets today hit for you. Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Visit the website at winningcureseverything.com, or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at Winning Cures, at GaryWCE, or at Chris B. Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. 
There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.